Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And I'm with you here today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is Calvary Live, the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible as well as your prayer requests. And we have pastors standing by every weekday to take those calls to answer your prayer request or to pray for your prayer request to answer your questions. And um, the Calvary Live listening family is just growing, guys. It's really excited. So it's really exciting to see what God is doing and how this uh, program and this show has been getting out to more and more people. So I want to welcome those who are listening here in Colorado and in Wyoming on Grace FM. You're hearing the program live today. Today is Friday, December 3rd. I also want to greet those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and up into some of the surrounding areas there. Welcome to the program. We also want to welcome those who are listening on Radio by Grace. We have uh, over 70 stations that joined us recently on this show um, through the Radio by Grace network with stations all over the U.S., particularly in the southern states. So welcome to the program. The way this works is that you give us a call or shoot us a text with your prayer requests and your Bible questions. Maybe there's something you've been wondering about as you've been reading the Bible. Some, maybe something you've always been curious about, you know, how to, how to understand that part of the Bible. Or maybe there's something going on in your life or in society and culture, and you wonder, what does the Bible have to say about that topic? Or how does the Bible speak into this situation? That's what this show is all about. So give us a call, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. That's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Again, the text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Again, with your Bible questions and your prayer requests, um, we want to. Just give a big hello as well to everybody who is tuning in online. We have a growing online audience. I just got a map of all the people who are tuning in today in different parts of the United States. We've also got some international listeners tuning in. Welcome to you who are listening in Ukraine and in the United Kingdom. We've got listeners from Southern California, Northern California, kind of up and down the West Coast, listeners in Florida and the East Coast, as well as uh, the Midwest like some listeners in the South and the Great Lakes area, as well as here in the Rocky Mountain region, and some listeners in Wyoming as well. So welcome to all of you who are tuning in. We'd love to hear from you. I always personally get a little bit excited when I get a call from somebody who's outside of our local area. So if you are listening, wherever you're tuning in from, whether you're tuning in online or over the air, give us a call with your Bible questions, your prayer requests. You know, one thing that always strikes me is that maybe you have a prayer request, or maybe you have a Bible question, and you think, oh, you know, it's not so big of a deal. But you know what? Maybe there's somebody else out there who's who's listening, and they can't call in, or they're not going to call in. And by you calling in, maybe it's God's way of answering their question that they perhaps were, maybe they were shy to call in, or I, I'm not sure why. But, um, you know, a lot of people 
might have the same question that you do. So I encourage you, don't be shy. Uh, give us a call, shoot us a text. Again, the number to call 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself as we are getting into, as our lines are filling up and uh, people are calling in. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And we're a church that loves Jesus and we love the Bible. We love to study through the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter. Uh, currently, we are studying through the book of 1 Corinthians, and starting next week, we're going to be taking a pause in that uh, to do some stuff for the Christmas season and Advent. We're doing a series called Light in the Darkness, in which we're going to be talking about how Jesus is the light of the world who enters, who entered into the darkness of our world, but he also enters into the darkness of sin and death in order to redeem us and save us. And so we're going to be talking about that wonderful incarnation story, right? Incarnation meaning that God took on flesh in the person of Jesus Christ in order to save us, to redeem us, to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. That's what it means that he's our savior. And so it's a wonderful time of year uh, to be reflecting on who Jesus is and what he came to do. So we'd love to have you join us for that. You can join us online and you can join us in person. We have three in-person services every Sunday, and those are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. And we have a full children's ministry at the 9.30 and 11 a.m. services, and the 8 a.m. service is a family service. And so we'd love to have you join us. If you're looking for directions, uh, more information on who we are and what we're about, you can find all that on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And um, yeah, our location, we're located really... Uh, I think it's really conveniently because we're off a bunch of major roads. In fact, we're right on Highway 119, which is the main road from I-25 into downtown Longmont and then down into Boulder. And so we have people who join us from Boulder and people from Longmont, as well as many of the surrounding communities like the Frederick, Firestone, Decono area, as well as Mead and Berthoud. If you're in Lyons, if you're in Niwot, if you're in uh, Lafayette and Erie, we would love to have you join us uh, for worship this coming Sunday, or even if you're just anywhere within driving distance of our location, we'd love to have you join us. We're just east of downtown Longmont on Highway 119, this main road uh, from the highway into the city of Longmont. And um, yeah, I just got a text, someone saying that uh, it's a beautiful part of the state, love getting up that way. Uh, I totally agree. In fact, uh, I know I'm biased because I live in Longmont, but I actually think Longmont has the best view of the front range of pretty much anywhere on this side of the Rockies. And so personally, I love it here. In fact, I was down in Highlands Ranch today uh, for a pastor's breakfast with some other Calvary Chapel pastors. And uh, somebody asked me, you know, are you from Vail? And I, because I was, I was talking to some guys who are from Vail. And I said, no, I'm, I'm from Longmont. And he said, oh, Longmont, that's the Vail of Northern Colorado. I was like, Okay, if you say so, but uh, I, I would agree that it is a very beautiful place. And so, yeah, we'd love for you to come up this way. Maybe um, you can come up this way and get a great view of the mountains and then go to church. And so we'd love to have you this coming Sunday. Uh, our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. So 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. The zip code here is 80504. And all that tells you is that we're on the east side 
of Longmont. And so we're just east of downtown Longmont on Highway 119, directly opposite of Sandstone Ranch Community Park, which is our big sports complex here in Longmont. And uh, just east of I-20, or sorry, west of I-25, east of County Line Road, and on the north side of Highway 119. So for those of you familiar with this area, you might that might mean something to you. Uh, if you know where the Walmart is on the southeast side of Longmont, we're about almost, we're kind of catty corner from them. So we're, we're across the street, but very close to them. So we'd love to have you join us again. Our website is whitefieldschurch.com. This coming Sunday, we have a special treat, and that is that Pastor Gino Geraci is going to be uh, speaking here at Whitefields. So we'd love to have you. He has a special message for us. Um, from the Psalms called Sinners and Saints. And so I'm, I'm excited to hear it, and I'll be here. Uh, the reason Gino is speaking is because I was supposed to be out of town right now. I was supposed to be in Israel, but with the variant and Israel closing their borders, I'm here, which gave me the opportunity to host the show today, which I was excited about. But uh, we'll reschedule and get to Israel at some point, but I'll be excited this weekend. I'll be sitting and listening to Gino, and I'm excited about that. Well, with no further ado, let's get to our first caller, Ryder in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Ryder, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Ryder, did I talk to you earlier today? Yes. I was at the pastor's breakfast. I remember that. Hey, thanks for calling in. Yeah. So, um, um, I was wondering... Well, I felt like the Lord had put it on my heart to maybe become a pastor, but I was, I just don't, I don't know if I'm too young for it. And I would just like to know if there, if like how to start up a church if I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. So lots to do in there. You know, I would encourage you, the best way you can go about this is to seek opportunities for you to serve now in your church. But I would tell you, most important, before we focus on what we do for God, is to really get uh, a great understanding of who we are in Christ. And so my biggest encouragement to you as a nine-year-old is, number one, it is a good thing to desire to serve God. So I want to encourage you to do that, and I want to encourage you that there are probably opportunities in your church to serve. And one of the things that I've learned is, in order to be a good leader, you have to first learn how to be a good follower. And so I would encourage you to see where you can serve at your church and be faithful with the opportunities that you have. And as you're faithful with that, then God might give you a little bit more once you've shown that you can handle what he's given you. And then the other thing, keep reading your Bible, be a student of the Bible that's the best thing you can do to prepare yourself to be a pastor. And then as you get older, you know, look for opportunities to teach whenever you get the chance. And that'll often look like children's ministry at first. I always tell our church, if I wasn't uh, preaching on Sunday mornings, I would be teaching in the Sunday school in the children's ministry because that's real ministry right there. That's, that's uh, where a lot of seeds are planted that bear fruit later. So I would encourage you, great thing that you want to be a pastor. I'm going to pray for you that that happens. And my best advice, study your Bible and seek how you can serve in your church. Okay, thank you. Well, let's pray for you before you go. Heavenly Father, I pray for Ryder, and I, I pray, Lord, that you would bless him. I pray you would help him to grow, that he would be rooted and grounded in you 
And Lord, that you would lead him in this possible calling you have on his life to be a pastor. There were so many other people in the Bible, Lord, who you called at a young age. And so, Lord, I pray that for Ryder, you'd begin preparing him now for what you have for him in the future. And pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless Thank you, Ryder. You. Thanks for calling in. All right, bye-bye. Yeah. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Uh, we have all open lines, which means it's a very good time for you to call in. That means that we can get you on pretty quickly um, if you call in. Um, so yeah, all open lines and uh, plenty of room in the text line as well. So give us a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us 720-336-0897. Again, the text line 720-336-0897. One thing I recommend that you do is that you save those numbers in your phone um, because, you know, maybe you're driving and, you, you know, it's hard to write something down while you're driving. Um, so it's good to have it saved in your phone. And then if you want to call in while you're on the road, for example, you can just tell your phone to call Grace FM or call Calvary Live and we'll get you on the show uh, right away. So yeah, again, all open lines, good time to call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to answer those Bible questions that you have. Again, the number to call 303 six nine zero three thousand there's also a cool thing you know that text line that i gave you that seven two oh three three six zero eight nine seven uh before and after the show you can write into that anytime and you can leave prayer requests by just texting in prayer requests and there's a whole team of people we do it here for this show as well but there's also people um over at calvary church in aurora who see those prayer requests and they pray for you so I'd encourage you to take advantage of that. If you have prayer requests, you can text them at any time, 24-7 to 720-336-0897. Let's go to our text line here. We got a prayer request that came in. Someone says, um, would you please pray for my brother-in-law who has COVID and is on a ventilator for a little over three weeks now? The oxygen assist is rather high and he's had to have dialysis for kidneys not working as well. Um, and so, yeah, Sam is in the hospital. It looks like uh, here in Northern Colorado. So let's pray for, let's pray for that. Let's pray for this person, Heavenly Father. We pray for uh, this this dear person who's struggling right now in the hospital. And Lord, we ask that you would have mercy on them. We ask, Lord, that you would save their life. Lord, we pray that the lungs would work on their own without any assistance. Lord, we pray for you to do a great work. And Lord, that uh, this dear brother would be able to come off of the ventilator. And um, Lord, we pray for the kidneys to operate the way that you created them to. And we just ask for blessing in his life. Lord, we pray that you'd be with him. We know that he's probably uh, asleep and not conscious, but Lord, we pray that in a way you would minister to this person's soul. And Lord, we pray for the family members who probably feel very helpless right now, not able to do anything but pray. But Lord, we pray. I pray you'd encourage them that this is the greatest work they can do right now is to pray, and it's not nothing. And so, Lord, I pray for them that you would strengthen them, give them hope and confidence in you during this difficult time. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right. Hey, thanks for that uh, prayer request and giving us the honor of praying for you. I would just encourage you guys out there that, uh, yeah, send us your prayer requests. We want to pray for you. And just remember when you do that and you send us those prayer requests, there's like um, so many people listening who are able to say yes and amen. The people of God joining together to lift up our needs to him as a community. So give us a call or send us a text with your prayer requests and your Bible questions. The number to call 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Mike in Eaton, Colorado. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you? Doing great. I never thought about this because I like pray for everything. I have a great relationship with God. But I heard someone say the other day when someone came down with COVID and they were praying for healing, but then the person did end up dying. And then they brought up the fact that they're like, you know, God knows all the days of our lives before we're even born. He knows, you know, everything that's going to happen in the day we're going to die. And I'm like, wow, it seems weird that we pray for healing. Mm -hmm. Like if he already knows, like if we're going to die of COVID tomorrow, like why do we pray for that stuff? That seems, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, this is a classic uh, debate, right? Like, I mean, some people take it to not just issues of healing. They would say, well, why should we pray if God already knows who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved, then, well, then why should we pray for anybody to be saved? And some people just it won't, right? Because they figure God will just do whatever he wants. But again, that can't be right, because we're told in the Bible that God hears our prayers and that our prayers um, are meaningful. There are times, let's put it this way, when we don't have because we don't ask. That's what it says in the letter of James. Sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. In other words, what that means is that God, God, of course, is going to do what God wants to do. He is sovereign. He has a will. And yet he has asked us to be his co-laborers or co-workers, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And that is a massive uh, privilege, right? That God would say, I want you to be part of my work. Now, there's some various ways that we do that. We can be part of his work, obviously, by doing things, you know, tactically with our hands. But we are also part of his work by praying according to the will of God to see his will done. And it doesn't mean that he can't do it without us, but it does mean that sometimes he won't do it without us. And that's pretty interesting, right? That the, the course of history can actually be altered. Now, there's a difference between God knowing what's going to happen in the big picture and also orchestrating in the moment, right? And so I think that both of these things can be true at the same time. That God, let's put it this way. Let's say you were watching a parade, right? And you're on the ground level in New York. You're watching whatever the Thanksgiving parade or whatever other parades they have. And you would kind of see every event happening as as one whole thing, right? Like each event at the time that it passes you, you see it come into the, into your horizon of vision. You see it pass right in front of you. And then you see it uh, pass um, out of your sight of vision. But if, imagine if you were up in a blimp, right? And then you would see the whole thing. You would be able to see the beginning of the parade, the end of the parade. You'd be able to see everything at once. Nothing would be a surprise. And so God has that ability. He has foreknowledge, knows exactly what's going to happen, but that doesn't also mean that our experience in the here and now is fatalistic and we shouldn't uh, bother with praying, etc. 
But it certainly is a debate that Christians have thought about a lot. It's I think it's one of those things that kind of blows your mind, right? To think that, okay, God is actually, uh, on the one hand, all-knowing. On the one hand, he is sovereign. And yet, on the other hand, he tells us that there are times when he won't do things unless we ask for them in prayer. So yeah. our job as people who have the word of God is to take everything that God says at face value, right? So if he says, I want you to pray, and I, there are times when you will not have because you don't ask, we accept that. We also accept the fact that he's all-knowing. And these things, um, they might seem hard to reconcile in our minds because we only see events taking place one at a time in front of us as they pass before us. But for God, it, it is possible for all these things to be true at the same time. Yeah. Is there now? Is it possible without demeaning God or making less of it? Is it possible because God can know everything? But could He choose not to know? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I've heard people say that you know that God chooses not to know. I do, I don't personally see any any instance in which that could be the case. But He gives um, us free will that He could choose. Hey, I choose not to know how long. Mike's going to live, you know, and if someone prays for him during this thing, I might grant him extended life because he chooses, I mean, he has that choice to choose to know or not to know. So I didn't know if he could maybe choose not to know. Yeah, I, I don't personally think that God chooses not to know. The other thing I don't really like is I don't love the phrase free will because I think that actually you're not going to find that phrase in the Bible. What you do find in the Bible, you do find words like sovereignty. That's in the Bible, right? You find foreknowledge. That's in the Bible. Free will, not in the Bible. But the concept, let's say, the concept may be found in the Bible, but I actually prefer to use the biblical terms, right? So I would say the concept that's found in the Bible is the concept of choice and the fact that our actions actually do matter. The choices we make and the things we do do matter and that they lead to real repercussions, whether for good or for bad. And so I don't think that God kind of turns off his foreknowledge. I think that he knows, and yet, see, this is the thing that's hard for us to understand because he's so different than us that it's hard for us to wrap our minds around the idea that God could, on this, at the same time, know everything that's going to happen and give us the choice in the moment to do this or do that, and they, they are a fork in the road, which will lead to different places. And yet he knows ahead of time which one we're going to choose, and yet our choice still matters. Yeah. Okay. Nope, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing, is that God is transcendent. And I got to tell you, that's actually really comforting to know that God's transcendent, because it means that he is bigger than me. No kidding, huh? Hmm. Yeah, because he's God and we're not, huh? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Okay. Well, thank you so much. God bless you, Mike. Thanks for calling in. You too. All right. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The uh, call-in number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. 0897 for the text line. We have all open lines. So again, uh, also still a good time to call in 
with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Uh, let's go over to our text line. Actually, before we go to our text line, I want to add one more thought that came to mind, and this was through a text that someone sent in, and that is that uh, Hezekiah, if you read the story of Hezekiah in 2 Kings, uh, what you find is that Hezekiah prayed. He prayed that God would uh, lengthen his life, and it changed the outcome of that situation. There was also a time when Hezekiah prayed, and there was this army that was attacking him, and it says that Hezekiah held up this letter. They sent him a threatening letter. He held up this letter to the heavens, or he, sorry, he laid it out before the Lord. That's what he did. And he said, God, look at this. I don't know what to do. And he said, but our eyes are fixed on you. And he said, ask for God to do something, and God did. But again, the other part was that Hezekiah was dying. God asked, or, and he asked that God would lengthen his life, and God did. So again, we see many instances in the Bible where we're encouraged to pray. We're told that our prayers make a difference, like that they they matter. And, and um, we're also told that sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. So we take all of those things together, and that's what we know. That's our job, right? As far as what God does with his foreknowledge and his sovereignty, that's really out of our control. That's his job. So we know what our role is, and that is we're told to pray, we're told to act, we're told to do according to the, the things that God has directed us. So again, 303-690-3000 is the number to call with your Bible questions and prayer requests, 303-690-3000, and the text line, 720-336-0897. Let's go over to that text line. We've got several texts that came in. One person writes and says, Pastor Nick, Proverbs 26.4 and 26.5 seem to be contradictory. Could you please explain? Yeah, let me read those to you. Uh, Proverbs 26, starting in verse 4. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Verse 5. Do not answer, or sorry, verse 5 says, do answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. So on the one hand, we're told, don't answer a fool according to his folly because then you'll make a fool of yourself, basically. Verse 5 says, you should answer a fool according to his folly, lest he think that he's right when he's not. So what does that mean? How can both things be true at the same time? The thing to understand about Proverbs is that they are principles which are generally true, and they need to be applied. They need, you need wisdom as far as how to apply which principle in which given situation. I think this is something that's really cool about the Bible, and that is that rather than giving a lot of details, sometimes what the Bible gives is overarching principles. And it, it's up to us, but not only up to us, I'll explain. It's up to us to apply those in the given situation in which they are needed. Now, why do I say it's not only up to us? Because we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, and that's really important. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the guiding of the Holy Spirit, we ask, Lord, is this a time when this person is saying something foolish and I need to respond to this because I, it's better that this person understand that they are not right <laughs> in what they are thinking? Uh, or is this an instance where, you know what, it's like wrestling with a pig, right? Like, I'm, we're just, I'm just going to get myself dirty, but the pig's going to enjoy it. And so I don't need to enter into this argument. Those things can both be true, right? But it depends on the situation. 
And so what Proverbs is giving us, it's telling us that there are times when you should not answer a foolish thing. You shouldn't get involved in that foolish discussion because it's just, it's going to be a waste of time. It's not going to be profitable for you or anyone else. Um, and yet there are other times when you do need to say something um, because somebody's spreading something that is foolish and it can actually be harmful or detrimental to that person and to those who hear them. And so to apply that in the given situation, it's so important that we seek the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Is this a time to apply principle A or principle B? We actually see this in the life of Jesus in, in the New Testament in several ways as well, which I could expound on later, uh, but that would be the overarching principle. God doesn't give us a how-to manual of what to do in every situation. Rather, he gives us principles and says, seek me for the application in your given situation. Man, that makes a relationship with God so incredibly dynamic and special. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've come up to our uh, two-minute mid-show break. Give us a call and we'll get you on right after the break. 303-690-3000. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here today with you taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to answer those questions you have. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Looks like we've only got one open line at this point, so give us a call while that's still open. Let's go to Rick in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Rick. Welcome to the program. Thank you for answering my uh, my call, Pastor Nick. My I'm pleasure. Regarding to that person who said about the prayer. Yes. I met my wife in 1971, and I prayed to God. And I said, "Lord, this let this be let this lady be my wife," and He answered 1977. So the prayer I'm talking about is uh, it's not the powerful prayer, but the one I'm talking to is the one who. Uh, have the power to answer my prayer, and he did. And mm. I thank God. Now we are celebrating our 45th years. Beautiful. That's awesome, Rick. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah, so yes, I, love what, I love what you said, and I couldn't agree more. That is it right there. So it's not the power of our faith that changes things. It's the Amen. power of the one whom we are asking. Hears, it's the yeah. power of God yeah. who hears. Yeah. That's why if you have faith, even the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, get up from there and move over here. Because guess Amen. what? It's not me moving that mountain. It's not my faith moving that mountain. That's God. And all this required Amen. is just enough faith to ask him to do something great. Yes. You know, one of my favorite Thank stories. You, yeah, yeah. One of my, I'll tell you real quick. One of my favorite stories. Acts chapter 12. You know why I like it? Because the apostles were praying for Peter, or sorry, not the apostles, the early Christians were praying for Peter to get out of jail. And so they're praying, they're praying, God, please get Peter out of jail. Please get Peter out of jail. God hears their prayer, answers it, 
Peter gets out of jail, walks to the house where the believers are praying, knocks on the door, and they won't let him in because they say to themselves, well, that can't possibly really be Peter because he's in jail. And then they go back yeah. to praying, God, let him out of jail, which tells us they didn't really have faith in their prayer, but they had enough yeah. faith to ask God. And, and that's all that it matters because God is the one who does the work. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Nick. I appreciate that one. And have a nice weekend. God bless you. Absolutely. God bless you, Rick. Thanks for calling in. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 with your prayer requests, with your Bible questions, and text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Dean in Kersey, Colorado. Hi, Dean. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Nick, how are you? Doing great. Good. Hey, um, so I have a question. I have a, I've had a good friend. Well, he's never been a good friend, but I've had a friend, close friend, for about my whole life, since I was about 10 years old. And, uh, you know, he's had uh, quite a few difficult instances in his life, and uh, he's always said that he's a Christian, but I've never actually seen that fruit in his life. And... Uh, Recently, it's come to a point to where I don't, I just, I simply feel like I cannot trust him anymore. I mean, he cannot put two sentences together without telling a lie. And uh, and it's become, I guess, more of a point of friction between me and my, my brother, because we've both known him. And he wants to continue to, I guess, reach out to this friend. And I've come to a point where I I do not know. I, I'm more of on the no side because I, I don't know at what point is it, okay, he says he's a believer. He doesn't act like a believer, you know, turn him over to Satan kind of thing. And I don't know if that is callous. He's convinced, my brother is convinced that he, that I'm callous, but I'm convinced that he's not not shrewd enough. So I don't, I don't know. And then the Holy Spirit isn't divided. So I don't know. I, I guess I don't know where, 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 well, how do I figure this out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that trust is something different than relationship, right? Like, so we can we can have relationships with people that have varying degrees of trust. And so, I mean, I think I would encourage you not to give up on this person in the sense of like cutting ties and being like, you know what, um, I I just I'm done with you. I would encourage you rather instead to keep those lines of communication open and yet just be very upfront with him. Um, and so I guess what I'm saying is um, don't, I don't think you need to feel obligated to trust him in any way. Um, and yet I would encourage you not to give up on him. So I think that having a relationship and having trust are two different things. And I would encourage you to, to explore what that might look like, you know, in the sense of like, is it possible for you to have a relationship with him in which you are not um, trusting him and yet you're keeping a line of communication open so that you can communicate to him in some way that, hey, so what you're doing here, um, I, I just, it's not right. You know, I guess I'm just saying that don't burn the bridge. Um, keep the communication open if it's possible, 
Um, and yet, I don't think you need to feel obligated to trust him in any way. He hasn't shown himself to be trustworthy. So trust needs to be earned, um, and trust can be lost. Once it's been lost, it needs to be re-earned, and that is often much harder, of course, than getting it in the first place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I just suppose I don't know how to deal with somebody when they uh, they just don't seem to repent. There's no like you ha- you tell them the same thing every time you talk to them, and there's no repentance. And I now I don't want to be calloused either. At the same time, I don't I don't really know how to deal with somebody like that. Like I just sound like a broken record to them. I don't know. I guess it's not much of a relationship, but it is one. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just continue on, I suppose. You know, God's long-suffering with me. He tells me the same thing all the time. But yeah. uh, I, I suppose I'm more shrewd and guarded now that I have. When I didn't have a family, it was different. You know, I have wife, kids now, and I just, you know, I'm awfully protective. So, you know, maybe my relationship needs to be just him and me, and that's it. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, every relationship needs to have boundaries. And, you know, we all, we all of our relationships have boundaries. It's just a matter of that those boundaries differ based on the nature of the relationship. And, of course, when someone has lost trust or when someone has uh, proven themselves to not be trustworthy or perhaps even potentially dangerous, um, then we, we need to change where those boundaries are in order to protect um, those, for example, whom you're called to protect, which would be your wife and children. Um, and so I, I would... Yeah, just one more thought on that is that, oh man, and I lost it just now. I, I had one more thought for you, and I, I thought it was a good one too. Oh yeah, this is what it was. You were talking about handing him over to Satan, right? And so like Paul says uh, in his letter to the Corinthians, that such a person, I believe it's 1 Corinthians 5, such a person should be treated as an unbeliever if they are acting in unrepentant sin. And one of the things that I often challenge our congregation on, and we just taught through first, well, we just taught, we are teaching through first Corinthians. We covered chapter five earlier this year. And, you know, I just challenge us to think about that. How do you treat an unbeliever? If we were to, if we're to treat a person who is unrepentant as an unbeliever, then it's worth asking the question, how do we treat unbelievers? And I would say in general, the way we treat unbelievers is that we show them love. We show them respect. And we show them, you know, genuine concern. And I think that that's a good way of thinking about it, right? Because we're saying that, okay, that doesn't mean that we cut people off, right? We're not shunning people when we go about that thing where we say that we are going to, um, that we're going to treat them as an unbeliever. That's not a matter of shunning that person. Um, What it is, is it's our way of saying, that I'm not going to have fellowship with you in the same way that I would have fellowship with a Christian, but I'm going to treat you the way I would treat my coworkers, my neighbors who don't believe in Jesus, which is that I'll be cordial to you. And I will even look for opportunities to reach out to you, but I will also make it clear to you that I don't believe that we are brothers and sisters in the Lord, because I actually don't think that you are following Jesus. You are not following Jesus if you're in unrepentant sin. Okay. Okay. And I suppose that is right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, it is, it is difficult. Yeah, I don't want to be callous and yeah, oh, that's good advice. That's good advice. And then one more thing, when he says, I, 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 no, I don't, I don't recall the verse, but it says don't, don't even eat a meal with such a person, you know, someone who's in unrepentance. How does that follow in there? I guess it almost sounds like there's a, there's a window, someone who says there's a Christian, they're not. And you, you know, I guess you try to deal with it as best you can, but then when 
when that negotiation fails, I guess, then you classify them as an unbeliever. It's just, you know, I don't want to be in sin by like, okay, yeah, well, you know, I'll just be your friend. You know, I, I, <laughs> I yeah. guess, you know, I'm trying not to step on myself here. No, I, I get it. Yeah, that's a great question. What does it mean to, no, the question we have to ask in that case is, did eating a meal with someone mean something in that culture? Obviously it did. And does it mean the same thing in our culture today to eat a meal with somebody? In some cases it may, in some cases it may not. I'll tell you this, that eating a meal with somebody was considered a very intimate thing, and it was a matter of fellowship. So what Paul's saying, let's say, let's zoom out a little bit. The principle is that if that person is living in unrepentant sin, therefore you regard them and the way you relate to them is the way that you would relate to an unbeliever. And that means that you don't just, it, not every, it's not just like cool between you, you know? And there is a limit, there is a boundary to the degree of fellowship that you can have. And again, that just gets to the nature of relationships, right? That there are relationships you have in which you do certain things, and there are relationships in which you do other things, and there are boundaries to those relationships. And so what it's saying is there needs to be a limit or a boundary in this relationship. Um, it can't just be, you can't just be cool, right? You can't just be like everything's okay and nothing's wrong, because something is wrong. And yet you, you don't want to cut off all communication because your goal is to win your brother. That's actually what, what Paul encourages them to do. If you do this, you have won your brother. Actually, I'm sorry, that's not Paul. That's Jesus in Matthew 18. You have won your brother, and that's the goal. You know, and, and think about what Paul said to Timothy. You know, a person who turns someone from sin does a great thing and actually may save their soul from damnation. And so we want to be those who keep those lines of communication open so that we can have a godly influence. And yet there has to be boundaries. There has to be limitations um, to that relationship so that you're not communicating to that person that everything's fine because everything's not fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good. It's drawing a boundary. All right. It's just, um, thank you. You've helped me get the, you know, the, the bearing on that, you know, not, not cutting too much. There's a boundary line, not a, you know, a severance. It's not an electric fence, you know, that mm. there, yeah. Okay. Great. That, that makes sense. And I think that that's, that's probably where I've been messing it up. And, and, and he probably felt kind of blindsided because I was, very, you know, I, I almost cut the boundary really far and it just seemed to come out of nowhere. And he didn't, I guess he didn't understand, you know, I just haven't been upfront with him enough and that's not being a good friend. So yeah, no, that's my fault too. No. Well, let me pray for you. That sounds like a difficult situation. So let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for my brother Dean here and I ask Lord, give him wisdom and just give him so much grace and kindness that he would be able to draw those boundaries and yet do it in a way that expresses just honesty, sincerity, and true love for this person that hopes that he can, uh, by your grace, God, and by your power, uh, turn from this way that is, it's obviously, it's not good for him. It's not good for his relationship with you. And it's obviously not good for his relationships with other people. So Lord, we pray that you would give Dean wisdom with how to speak to this person. And we pray that he would receive it in, in love and with grace. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Nick. I appreciate it. You bet. God bless you. All right, bye-bye.
Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you here today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible as well as your prayer requests. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line is 720-336-0897. I'm going to go to the text line right before I get back to our calls. And uh, we have someone who wrote in and said, I'd like to pray for the family of Charlotte Jones. Um, I found out the other day she passed away. She was a member of Whitefields Church in Longmont. That's the church I pastor, and I was in Bible study with her. She was a very nice, sweet lady, and I was blessed to know her. Yeah, absolutely. And this person who wrote in must be a, a member of our church, uh, so greetings to you. And yes, very sad. We lost a, a dear member of our church yesterday, and we've been doing uh, what we can as a church community to surround this family. Uh, this person was very special to us. To everybody who knew her. And so let's please, please join me in praying for her family. Heavenly Father, we pray for the family of Charlotte Jones. She was a wonderful woman, a godly woman, a woman who loved you and a woman who desired to walk with you. And so, Lord, we pray for her family as they grieve her loss. I pray, Lord, you would help them also to grieve as those who have hope. And Lord, to remember what your word says in the Psalms, Psalm 116, verse 15, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his loved ones. Because, Lord, you know that that is not the end of that person, but it's the passage into the life that is truly life until we are all gathered together in the new heavens and the new earth with you forever. Thank you for that promise of the gospel. Lord, fill our hearts with faith and joy and hope as we wait for the fulfillment of that, as we groan here in this earth, longing to be clothed with the uh, better clothing in the house that has a foundation whose builder and maker is you, God. And so uh, we pray for her family, and I pray for my church family here in Longmont. Lord, be our comforter, be our strength during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with us and for us. Let's go to our next caller, Kimberly in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Kimberly. Welcome to the program. Hi. I'm so sorry. I thought this was Pastor Ed. This is Pastor Nick. I'm sorry. Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Nick. Um, apparently, I'm a week behind. I have a question and a prayer request, please, sir. Absolutely. What's up? So my question is um, about the book of Revelation. Um there states nowhere in the book of Revelation where we are um, as the United States of America. And mm -hmm. I was wondering if you had any um, insights into that as, as to what possibly happens to us here. Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, there are several ways to look at the book of Revelation. And even within each viewpoint on Revelation, uh, there, are, there are different nuances. Okay, so there's a really good book called Four Views on Revelation that I would suggest would be a good place for you to start if you want to go really deep into this issue. But to give you a cursory answer, I don't see the United States per se in the book of Revelation, but that assumes that when you read the book of Revelation and you read about certain nations, that it's just talking about certain nations doing things. So some people would say, well, if we don't see the United States, does that mean that the United States is somehow destroyed before the time of the end times? 
I don't think so. In fact, I would just say that the United States is lumped in with Babylon in the book of Revelation because Babylon isn't the city of Babylon. Babylon is essentially code for uh, the world system, right? The, the way that the world works. Now, obviously, there are going to be some people who are attacking Israel from the north and from the east. And so that's talking about what's going to come down in Israel during the tribulation period. Um, and yet, so, so that would be a reason why those nations are specifically mentioned. But particularly, like, or, sorry, in general, um, nations aren't mentioned. Like, we don't read about, like, Uruguay in the, in the uh, book of Revelation, nor do we read about the United States specifically beyond the fact that it's talking about the world systems, the powers that be, if you will, um, that exist. And so it would take much more of a spiritual view on it than a sociopolitical view, if that makes sense. Okay. And um, I'm sorry, what was the name of the book again? It's called Four Views. It's Revelation, Four Views. I could look up the title here for you. It's just a good outline of different ways that people look at the book of Revelation. And within okay. that... Um, Within that, you'll see nuances within each of those views. So I'll tell you which view I take. Um, he breaks it down into preterist, which means that Revelation's actually speaking of events which took place in the first century. So they're in the past. So when we read Revelation, it's not talking about the future, it's talking about the past. I don't accept that view, and I have a lot of reasons why. Um, the other view is called the futurist view, which says that most of Revelation, particularly starting in chapter 4, is yet to come. It is in the future. Now, that's the view I hold, but within that, you know, there, there are different viewpoints that you can take, and one of those views is that um, what's being talked about is mostly kind of broad strokes, not necessarily uh, specific things that are going to take place. Now, Again, that, that has to be nuanced because there are specific things that are mentioned. And yet, again, like I said, with Babylon, the United States, it's not mentioning specific countries, except in a couple different cases when it mentions that Israel be attacked from a certain direction. Other than that, it's mostly just talking about Babylon, meaning this kind of like this, the worldly system that exists, and it exists in lots of different countries. And then, of course, there's also the kingdom, which exists again, across national boundaries. The okay, kingdom of and God. Who, who is the um, author of the book? Let me, uh, I'm pulling it up for four. you right now. Yeah, Revelation, you, Four Views. Four, it's called Four Views. Yeah, so Revelation, Four Views. So it's like Revelation, colon, Four Views. And okay. Let's see who's the author here. Thank you. Thank you so much. No worries. It looks like, I mean, it has several authors. That's why these kind of, it's like a point and counterpoint type of book, right? Where mm -hmm. they okay. state their opinion and then the other person, I, uh, mm. my computer is super slow. So it's coming up right That's now. Okay. I, okay. Here's the title. I got it. Four views on the book of revelation by Marvin Pate, P-A-T-E. If you type that into whatever browser Marvin you use, Pate. Yeah, Marvin okay. Pate, Four Views on the Book of Revelation. It's a good overview. And, and My view is the futurist view. Yeah, and I would encourage everybody to take that view. Futurist. 
Yeah. Futurist. Okay. And also, um, thank you so much for that. Um, so we're not exactly gone, gone. We're just not completely, we're just not mentioned. Correct. I think the United States will still be here during those times. Oh, wow, you do? Yeah. Okay. Because um, I think there was one passage where it says, you know, tongues will melt in their mouth and eyes. And some pastors say, well, maybe we're um, taken mm-hmm. out by a yeah. um, nuclear a bomb. Yeah, I, I think that's very likely. I think that that's that's a very absolutely likely reading of that passage. Um, so, and yet again, I think the point of Revelation isn't to mention, you know, what the United States or what China is doing. It's to mention this big picture. And um, thank you so very much. And I have a prayer request, please. <laughs> sure. What is it? Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor, Pastor Nick. It's for my daughter. Um, we've had tremendous losses in um, within the nine-year period. I'm trying not to cry too much, but um, mm. we lost um, three grandparents and a father within a nine-year period, mm. which has left me with um, PSTD and has left her. Um, I got her saved when she was eight years old. And we went to church and I volunteered there. And um, I have since become disabled, but after losing all these people and especially her father, she's become um, a bit cold hearted. Also, and I think attending public high school or public school period has has changed her. Um, she used to be so fun-loving and believing, and she is now um, cold-hearted and um, rejects Jesus. And... Okay tells me not to preach to her. Yeah, that's tough. I'm sure there are, yeah, a lot of people have walked through that. I just heard a testimony today of another pastor, similar situation. His son walked away from the Lord and uh, and just recently came back. So I want to encourage you that there is hope. You walk through these dark times, walk through in faith. Don't give up on her. Keep praying for her. Uh, look for opportunities to show her that you love her and and to show her that God loves her. Um, and hope is not lost just because this is a moment, but it's a crucial moment. So let's pray for her. That's a lot that you are all going through. Let's pray for you and your daughter. Heavenly Father, we pray for Kimberly. Lord, we ask that you would help her, Lord, who's suffering from PTSD, from all this loss, four family members in such a short period of time. Lord, we pray that you would be their comforter, be their strength. Hold them in your arms, we ask Jesus, and comfort them. And we pray for this daughter, Lord, who's just perhaps become hardened, jaded. Maybe she has questions, and uh, and I'm sure the enemy wants to get a foothold in there to harden her against you. And so, Lord, we pray that you would open her heart, that the seeds of the gospel that are that have been planted in the past, and that are being planted, 
Lord, that they would really take root and that you would water them and cause them to grow. Lord, we pray that you would soften hard hearts and you would open blind eyes. Lord, we pray for her daughter. We just pray intervention, Lord, that you would save her by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, Kimberly. Thanks for calling in. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. But we've come to the end of our show. I want to do one more text message. Um, But before I do, I want to tell you, hey, if you are looking for a place to celebrate Christmas Eve, we have three Christmas Eve services on December 24th, and we'd love to have you join us for them. They're at 3 p.m., 4.30 p.m. and 6 p.m. So 3, 4.30 and 6 p.m. We'd love to have you join us for one of those. We're going to be celebrating the coming of Jesus into the world. We're going to have, you know, traditional Christmas music and choir and a message from the Word. I can't wait. I hope that you will join us. This is one of those times of year where you can invite a friend and maybe somebody who doesn't usually go to church might be willing to come because it's Christmas Eve. So take advantage of that. Again, Whitefields Church here in Longmont, just plan on it, 3 p.m., 4.30, and 6 p.m. Christmas Eve. Okay, last text message says this. Hi, Nick. A recent death of someone who knew the Lord reawoken to me in the concern about what you should say to their loved ones. It's a time of rejoicing on the one hand because they went to be with the Lord, but those that are left behind are grieving. My question is, how do you console people whose loved ones have gone on, but neither they nor my friends, um, you know, have expressed faith in Jesus? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's one that I deal with, you know, sometimes I do funerals for people uh, who uh, didn't know the Lord. And what I always do is I go to Luke 16. Luke 16, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and I say, if your loved one was here today, what would they want you to know? They would want you to know that God is real, heaven and hell are real, and they would want you to put your trust in Jesus. So that is the the hope that I give them and the the call that I give them the challenge. Hey, we've come to the end of our show. Uh, Thank you for listening. You can find out more information uh, about our church that I pastor, whitefieldschurch.com. I'll be with you again next week. God bless. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.